Hi friends, I'm Shelly, a military wife and a mother of two. Hello, I'm Paula, missionary in Puerto Rico. Paula, I'm Cindy, missionary to Mexico for the last 30 years. And we're so glad you listening friends are coming along with us each week on this journey of discovering what really matters in life from a biblical and a practical perspective. It's great to have our friend Michelle joining us again today. And if you go back to episode 27 of our podcast links, then you will be able to hear her wonderful story of how God is using her in countries around the world. How are you doing, Michelle? I'm really doing great today. Thanks, Shelly and Cindy and Paula for having me again. Really happy to be here. Well, it's great to have you here. Today, the four of us friends have chosen one of our favorite Christian songs that we would like to talk about and give a bit of history behind why that song was written. Michelle, you actually came up with this great topic for us, so thanks for your input. My pleasure. The Bible talks a lot about music, and um, in the book of Ephesians, written by Paul, he was writing to the early Christians there, and he was telling them, In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Um, There is a hymn that I like very much that I have grown up uh, hearing. And um, the ladies and I sang it yesterday in our church. We sang it in Spanish. But um, I would like to share the song I have. I'll let you guess what it is. But um, but it is a written by, it is written by Carolina uh, Sandelberg. Carolina Sandbell was born on October 3rd, 1832. Her father was a Lutheran pastor, and being a frail child, she would spend hours in her father's study rather than playing outside with other children. She grew up to become a Sweden's most celebrated author of gospel hymns, writing so many that she is often called the Fanny Crosby of Sweden. Very few of her hymns have been translated into English. When she was 26, Carolina, or Lena as she preferred to be called, experienced a tragedy which profoundly affected the course of her life. She was crossing Lake Vatran with her father when the ship suddenly lurched. She saw her beloved father thrown overboard and drowned. Lena had written hymns before, but following her bereavement, she would write over 650 more hymns. These are beautiful hymns which greatly influenced the revival that swept across Scandinavia after 1850. The words of Lena's hymns were enhanced in their popularity by the simple, beautiful melodies written for them, especially those of Oscar Anfeldt, who played his guitar and sang his hymns throughout Scandinavia. Lena once said that Anfeldt sang her songs into the hearts of the people. Lena was married in 1867 to Oskar Berg, a wholesale merchant and future member of the Swedish parliament. They lived in Stockholm, and she knew more sorrow when their only child was stillborn. Jenny Lind, the world-famous concert vocalist, known as the Swedish Nightingale, was greatly moved by the Lena's hymns and sang them in factories throughout Sweden. Lena's hymns came from a heart which was filled with love for her Savior and which expressed her trust in him. The one of them that is translated is the one entitled Day by Day. The words say this, Day by day and with each passing moment, strength I find to meet my trials here. 
trusting in my father's wise bestowment, I've no cause for worry or for fear. He whose heart is kind beyond all measure gives unto us each day what he deems best. Lovingly, it's part of pain and pleasure, mingling toil with peace and rest. Every day, the Lord himself is near me with a special mercy for each hour. All my cares he fain would bear and cheer me. He whose name is counselor and power. The protection of his child and treasure is a charge that on himself he laid. As thy days, thy strength shall be in measure. This is a pledge to me he made. Help me then in every tribulation so to trust thy promises, O Lord, that I lose not faith's sweet consolation. Offer me within thy holy word. Help me, Lord, when toil and trouble meeting, ere to take as from a father's hand, one by one, the days, the moments fleeting, till I reach the promised land. Mm, that's a great song. That's one of my favorites. Thank you, Paula. Beautiful. Really beautiful. Thanks for sharing that, Paula. Colossians three sixteen and 17 from the Bible says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. The hymn writer that I chose is one that is um, Paula mentioned just now, Fanny Crosby, as she was talking about um, the Swedish hymn writer. She mentioned she was known as the Fanny Crosby of Sweden. Fanny Crosby wrote more than 8,000 songs in her lifetime. She lived to be all oh, about a week shy of 95 years old. And if um, you haven't heard her story before, um, she was blinded at about six months by uh, a mistreatment um, from a doctor. And yet when people would say to her, uh, wow, what a tragedy that you lost your sight or that you're blind, she would always correct them and say, no, that was God's greatest blessing to me because the first face I will ever see is my Savior's. And um, because of her uh, blindness or maybe just because of her love of the Lord, she spent hours and hours memorizing scripture in, from her childhood. And all of the hymns that she wrote are just like an outpouring of the word that was in her heart. Um, the one that is, has been one of my favorites for years is Blessed Assurance. And... Um, it was interesting, uh, even though she was a musician um, in her own right, um, most of the, many of the hymns that she wrote, she did not create the music for them. Other people would um, write music, and then they would come to her and say, um, what, what does this song say? What is it, what is it speaking to you? So that's, a, that's true of this uh, song, Blessed Assurance. Um, one day a friend was visiting uh, Mrs. Joseph Knapp and she uh, played this tune on the piano and she said, Fanny, um, what, what does this tune say to you? 
and as Fanny listened to it and asked the Lord to give her uh, wisdom, she said, it says, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And um, I'll just read the first verse of that. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. How deep and rich is her writing? It's like the theology is bedrock. It, mm-hmm. It's so encouraging to read it and to sing it and to hear it sung. The chorus is beautiful. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. And it's said that she was able to just write these beautiful lyrics. Um, at, At one point in her life, she was writing six or seven hymns a week new ones. Um, Many of her songs were used in the evangelistic meetings of C.L. Moody and Ira Sankey. They used a lot of her songs and that's what kind of popularized many of the hymns that she wrote because most of the hymns were um, focused on the gospel and what Christ has done for us. And um, when you know her life story and know that her whole life was just focused on wanting to serve her savior and make him glorified and magnified. Um, She was a poet, even in her childhood. Um, Mm. If you haven't heard this often quoted poem that she wrote at just nine years of age, she already had a heart for God. She said, Oh, what a happy soul am I? Although I cannot see, I am resolved that in this world contented, I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that other people don't to weep and sigh because I'm blind. I cannot. And I won't. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. That's a great hymn in how she made it personal. The one I have um, that I'm going to share is, Oh, how I love Jesus. And I can remember as a youngster, um, doing my chores and, and doing different things and around the house and, you know, singing this at the top of my lungs. There's not a lot of history about it. Um, the author, they think, is probably Frederick Whitefield. And he. they say he wrote many, many um, hymns and that kind of thing. He was from England and also became an educator at Trinity College in Ireland. And apparently wrote many songs, but not as many are used today. But I love the words, and I think as a child, it meant so much to me. And so they actually say the that it had eight stanzas to it. But we only, of course, use uh, four or five in our hymn books. But I love the words to it. And the words are this. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in my ear, the sweetest name on earth. And interestingly enough, they say the chorus wasn't put on until much later. And the chorus is, oh, how I love Jesus. And it goes, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. And then the second verse, um, it talks about, um, I, I like the, the sequence of it because the second verse says, it tells me of a Savior's love who died to set me free. It tells me of his precious blood, the sinner's perfect plea. And, of course, then it goes into, oh, how I love Jesus again. 
The third verse says, It tells me what my father hath in store for every day. And though I tread a darksome path, yield sunshine all the way. And then the last verse, it tells the one whose loving heart can feel my deepest woe, who in my sorrows bears a part that none can bear below. And then the chorus, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. That's a great chorus. I love singing that. I didn't realize there were so many verses gives the gospel. So what an awesome chorus. You said, Cindy, when you were saying that you used to sing that on the top of your lungs, I was I was debating on doing trust and obey. I used to ride my bike to town and I would just sing in the top of my lungs. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. And um, and I was looking to do that one as well, because that it is a matter of simply, OK, Lord, I trust you because I trust you. I can obey you. I love how there are certain songs that can lift our mood, like when we feel down or encourage us when we are going through a hard time. Psalm 147 verse 1 says, Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant and praise is comely, or it's fitting, it's appropriate for us to sing our praise back to the Lord. The song that I would like to share was actually written not long ago, my mom wrote a song entitled, My God Shall Supply All Your Need. And there was a time when I saw the faith of my father and my mother that was really strengthened and it was made alive in my own life later on as I would eventually have to live by faith in when I was on my own or um, when my husband and I were missionaries in Papua New Guinea and even to this day still living by faith. And in my last episode, I shared a bit of that in my testimony. When my dad was in Bible college, we didn't have a whole lot of money, but I saw over and over how God just supplied my parents' needs. My dad was in Bible college, so he was paying for his school bill. He was paying for three other school bills, which would be my school bill and then my two brothers. So that was four school bills that he was paying at a Christian college and then um, elementary school. There were times where we would have to wear secondhand clothes. There were times that we had to do without maybe some toys, the latest new fashion that was out there. But that was okay. I learned other amazing things like how God would just send a check in the mail and it would be for the exact amount that my parents needed for a repair on a car or somebody would give an anonymous gift to my dad's school bill or my dad would be able to get some extra work outside of his regular job and God would supply the need through, you know, just his hard work. But over and over, I saw how God took care of my parents, and it was a huge impact on me. I also think of the verse, Psalm 37, 25, that says, I have been young, and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. And my grandpa used to quote this verse to us when I would go to visit them. And so I see how God impacted my mom. She saw God take care of her family, her mom and dad, and she knew that God would take care of her and her husband, which was my dad, and would take care of 
our family, and just from generation to generation, how that faith of our fathers can be passed down. I've heard young people say, you know what? I saw my parents really struggle when they were going through Bible college or, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't get to have whatever I wanted. And they saw the the struggle that went on in their family's life when they were kids. And many of them say, I don't want that for myself. I don't want that for my family. You know, they want to go out and get a good job and they want to be able to have lots of money and not really have to struggle like they did as a kid. And yet, I guess you can see it as struggling or you can see it as just God's hand, you know, his way of providing in amazing ways. This song came to my mom when she was having to trust God and having to see God meet the family's needs. So it's entitled, My God Shall Supply All Your Need. And I'm going to sing it for you. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches. My God shall supply all your need through Jesus Christ our Lord. So trust him today, let come what may, for Christ is all you need. And he really is, whether you have holes in your shoes or whether you are doing without the latest fashion or the coolest toy, God will supply all your need, and that is having food and raiment, being content. I know that really encouraged me when my husband and I were missionaries in Papua New Guinea and literally they had one change of clothes some of them no shoes but they had a roof over their heads and they had food in their gardens and they were some of the happiest people and it puts life in a different perspective when you realize that things are just temporal and Truly, God can supply every need that we have according to his riches. That was very good, Shelley. That was a blessing. And so, so true. I find it interesting that um, I think it's in Deuteronomy that God had told Moses to teach teach the Israelites this song because you're going to forget it. And even, I mean, obviously God knows everything, but God was telling them to sing a song because it's amazing how songs will stay with us many times more than facts will. And mm-hmm. so if you have a fact, a truth that's in a song, and you learn it in a song, then it usually will stay with you much longer than if you just know it as a as a truth without any music. Yeah. So, um, so that's yeah. very good. That's very good. Mm-hmm. See, that's really true, Paul. I was just reading this morning in Judges, um, Deborah and Barak, and they went out, and after this great, victory what they do they came back and they sang they Mm -hmm. memorialized that battle and god's protection and his victory that he gave them in a song and that's what i think i love about the hymns of our past and even the the newer christian songs that people are writing today they're all like from this heart of i've experienced god and i just want to share that with people his greatness and what he's done and I'm so glad that God gave us the gift of music to um, to worship him and to honor and to let other people know how great he is. Yeah, absolutely. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord, as Psalms reminds us.
And one I love, I don't have the words with me, but it's called He Loves Me Like I Was His Only Child. Um, I think it's written by the Rochesters, and that's really, really good, too. Hmm. I don't think I know that one. I'm going to have to look it up. So very good. Yeah. And Michelle, you were mentioning about the song and the victory that, you know, the Israelites saw there um, in Second Chronicles chapter 20. And in verse 21, it says that Jehoshaphat was going to go to battle. And, you know, it was kind of a it's always a nervous time when you have to meet an enemy or when you have to go into a new situation and your adrenaline can be pumping and you can be fearful and, you know, everybody's just all excited and nervous. But the Lord told them to put the musicians ahead of the warriors And that really is what kind of made the enemy stirred up the heart of the enemy and made them anxious. I love how in verse 21, it says, And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. And so really, we all have enemies in our life, right? (laughs) We have our greatest enemy is um, Satan. And I think when we just start singing, it really can alter our mood, it can alter our, our grumpiness and our discontent. And so That's what we wanted to do in this podcast, and we hope that you, our listeners, I'm sure you have songs that mean a great deal to you as well, and so we encourage you to sing those songs when you are feeling down, when you're feeling discouraged, even when you're feeling alone. Just get that good music playing in your home, in your car, in your location. Just start singing at the top of your voice. You know, let it ring across the mountains as when we lived in Papua New Guinea, it could literally echo across the mountains and just bring praise to the Lord. There are no language barriers with God. He is worthy to be praised in every tongue. As the verse Isaiah twelve five reminds us, sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Amen. <laughs> well, thank you, ladies. It's been a delight to have each of you friends here and uh yeah michelle you are welcome to come on to our podcast episodes anytime you would like to join us thank you for being here today one of the wisest men who ever lived was king solomon and in his book of ecclesiastes found in the bible he talks about sorrows and the futility of a life without god and in his concluding verses in the book of ecclesiastes king solomon says Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Until next time, look to the Lord, because it does matter. See ya! Adios! Bye, everyone! See y'all later.